We've been in a series um, in the book of Ephesians. Has it been good? Has it been good? It's been really good. Um, just so many, so many good deposits. Um, what I love so much about preaching is it's not just like um, an encouraging word or, or, or like a TED talk. You know, it, it's an impartation. Um, and and uh, just Keanu imparted. Uh, man, it was so good. Pastor Joel, uh, Pastor Brian, um, this one guy named Stephen did a pretty good job. Um, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. I don't know. I wasn't there. But um, yeah, if you haven't met me, my name's Stephen. And uh, I, I'm excited to be uh, continuing our series today. Uh, we're going to be in the book of, uh, of Ephesians, like I said. Uh, we're going to be reading in, in chapter 5. Chapter 5. So we're starting to get to the end of the book. Um, but there's so much I want to say today, so much God wants to say today. Um, I love this book so much. Um, Paul, uh, Paul is the writer of, 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 of Ephesians. He's writing to the church of Ephesus. If you haven't caught on by that, Paul, he's, he's, he's kind of important. He's used to write two-thirds of the New Testament, uh, which is, a, is kind of a big deal. Um, I love Paul so much. Um, and uh, I, was, I was studying the book of Ephesians, and some, some people say that Ephesians is like his most pristine writings. Um, some people even say that Ephesians is like um, some of the most beautiful pieces of literature ever written. Um, so so it's, it's been a good book, hasn't it? It's been a really good book, and, um, and I'm excited to, 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 to teach to you today. And, and I love Ephesians because it really gives us this practical, um, this practical view of what it looks like to follow Jesus on a daily basis. It gives us this view, this, this, this glimpse of what it looks like to actually follow Jesus on an everyday basis. And that's what we're going to do today, if that's okay with you. We're going to take, like, look through the window. We're going to get a glimpse on what it looks like to actually follow Jesus on an everyday basis. Cool? Cool. And I'm just believing that uh, we're going to leave here changed. We're going to leave here better than how we came in. We're going to leave here encouraged, not beat up. We're going to leave here just feeling lighter. Okay. That's my prayer. My prayer is that you leave here with like a skip in your step. Okay. Because you're like, God is so good and God is so real. And I'm just, wow. Um, And we're going to leave here and our our pizza while we watch NFL is going to taste better. And sorry if you're boycotting NFL. I shouldn't go there. But uh, anyways, or while we pray, we're going to go home and pray for eight hours. Okay. Um, So we're going to read in Ephesians 5. Um, I want to read verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to jump to verses 15 through 20. Does that sound good? Okay. Don't you talk too much today, though. Okay. We expect silence and reverence for God in church. Okay. Just be quiet. That's, That's a joke, by the way. It's a joke. Let's read. Let's read. This is what it says in Ephesians 5, verse 1 and verse 2. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So good, right? I want to read it in the message because I just love how it puts it. I love how Eugene Peterson writes this. Check this out. This is what he says. Watch what God does, and then you do it like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Listen to this. Mostly what God does is love you. Can we talk about that for a second? No, we don't have time. But I'll just tell you, mostly what God does is love you. Mostly what God does is love you. Can I say, mostly what God doesn't do is beat you up and put you down. And mostly what he does is he loves you. When you don't deserve it, when you haven't been measuring up, when your behavior is is in the gutter. Mostly what he does is he loves you. But check this out. 
It says, keep company with him and learn a life of love. Learn a life of love. And this is really important. Observe. Somebody say observe. Observe, observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but it was extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but in order to give everything of himself to us. And my favorite part. So love like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, guys, just love like that. Okay. Well, easier said than done, right? Easier said than done, Paul. Now let's jump to, to verse 15. Verse 15, this is what it says. Uh, this is what it says. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Listen, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. we got a lot to talk about today, and I'm really excited. If you're taking notes, I titled my talk, Filled with the Spirit filled with the spirit, filled with the spirit. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your spirit and we thank you that you're here. God, you're here and it's really evident. And God, I just pray you would become so real to us in this moment right now. God, you are not an idea. You are not a belief system. You are a person And Jesus, we thank you that you are so real to us. You're here right now. Your spirit is in this room. God, your presence is in this place. And we thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you're going to do. I pray that you would just help me speak. God, help me communicate. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just get out of me what you've put inside of me. God, make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer. And Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. We pray all these things in your mighty name. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm excited to talk because, like I said, we're in chapter 5 today, and we're going to get a glimpse. Paul's going to give us a little glimpse of what it looks like to follow Jesus on a daily basis, an everyday basis. Um, and it's really important that we understand this. What Paul is really describing, the best way I can, I can kind of lay it out and give you framework for it, is he's going to tell us how to live a consistent life how to live a, a, a consistent life, okay? That doesn't get a lot of amens, I understand. We'll, we'll, we'll get there in a little bit, okay? But like, he, he, that's kind of the framework he's laying. I want you to live a consistent life. Now, I want to give some context to where we are. So like I said last time when I preached, or that random guy named Stephen when he preached, um, the first three chapters of Ephesians, that was a joke, by the way, and you didn't laugh, so my feelings are hurt. Thank you. The first three chapters of Ephesians are really like, they're about the gospel. They're about what God did for us. The, 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 last, four, the last three chapters, there's six chapters, by the way, three plus three is six. The last three chapters, I know I'm good at math, are our response to the gospel, okay? And so Paul, he, right in the middle of the book, he opens up chapter four, and you've heard it taught uh, in the last couple of weeks. He says this line. I actually wrote it down because I don't want to mess it up. He says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been, been called. And so he lays this, 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 this framework. So the first three chapters is what God did for us, but, but the last three chapters is how, how we are supposed to walk this life with Christ. And if you wonder what that is, he actually goes right into it. Because there's not a period, there's a comma. There's a comma. 
And I'm sorry, I'm sorry I didn't give this verse to you in the back. Don't worry about it. I'm just reading it. But this is what he says. He says, walk in a man, manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. Listen to this. With all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing one another in love. Well, what, what's our calling? Well, there's a lot more to it in, in chapters 5 and 6. But, but the first thing that Paul wants you to know is that, I, that, that, that if you're going to walk worthy of the call that's been placed in your life, that you would walk in humility, you would walk in gentleness, that you would walk together with, with patience with each other, and we would bear one another in love, meaning that we would cover each other with love. You remember how the book is opened in, in chapter 5? It says, it says, watch how God does it, and then you do it. Observe how he loved us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our framework for today, by the way. So Paul, he, 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 he's setting us up to, to, to find out what our walk is like. And he's going to go through it in chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6. And there's a lot of nuance in there. We don't have time to get into everything. But we're in, in, in chapter 5. And so he's going to talk about how we can live a life that is consistent in our everyday behavior. That is consistent in our, in our emotions and our actions. He's going to talk about the, the consistency of your behavior. But even the inconsistency of your behavior. Because I don't know about you, but like me, like uh, my journey with Jesus um, is sometimes really inconsistent. Can I just be honest with you? I know you're like, but you're the pastor, so like you're the preacher, you're supposed to be perfect. No, 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 that's, that's a lie actually. Um, but like my walk with Jesus is, is kind of inconsistent sometimes. There are days where I walk with such confident ease and, and I'm filled with belief and faith and, 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 and joy and hope and, and love. And then there are days where that is, my experience is quite the opposite. Where I'm, I don't have any confidence. I don't have any faith. I don't have any belief. I don't have any joy or peace. In fact, my experience is anxiety. My experience is worry. My experience is fear. My experience is not always the same. I go from the most confident, faith-filled person. You know, God can do anything. It's going to be amazing. I'm expecting, are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. And then I get one negative report and it's like, where are you, God? Why is this happening? <laughs> what? What is going on? Right? Anybody like me? It's amazing how inconsistent we can be, isn't it? Inconsistent and, and fickle and we have highs and lows and ups and downs and we're hot and we're cold and we're all over the place. And so Paul, he's pleading with the Ephesians and with you and me today to live a consistent life. I want you to listen to his language though. He says, he says I want you to consider. He's saying, look carefully. Look carefully how you're walking. So before he unpacks for his actions and behaviors that it should be a part of our everyday life, He's saying, I want you to actually stop and take inventory of what's going on on the inside of you. I want you to stop and ask yourself, ask yourself, um, do I have these enormous highs spiritually and then these horrible lows? Do, 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 how consistent is my walk? How, how much pace is there? How influenced are you? By your surroundings and your circumstances? How influenced are you by positive or negative reports? How influenced are you by the news? How influenced are you by politics? How influenced are you by social media? How influenced are you by, 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 by gossip about you and statements about you and people's perception about you? How consistent is your walk? How consistent? How much, how much pace is there? Now, if you're anything like me, that's the last thing you want to do, okay? Because I've described myself as emotionally unstable. It just you don't you don't want that, okay? Um, yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> but like, that's what he's asking. How, how consistent? Like, how consistent? I know this isn't popular preaching, okay? 
I understand that. Like, I know what popular preaching is. Let's talk about faith. Let's talk about miracles. Let's talk about revival. Let's talk about, you know, people raising from the dead. And that's awesome. That's great. I love that stuff. And I'm, I'm all for it. But like, I just came to you today, asked you this question. How faithful were you last week? Here's a question that's going to really stir up your faith. Are you ready? How stable were you last week? Do you feel that? That's called faith. And it's rising. It's a joke again, by the way. Uh, it's not rising. We don't like these questions, do we? But this is what Paul wants us to address today. How consistent, how constant. That's what he says. He says I want you to consider your lifestyle. And let me, be, let me be really clear. Not your everyday behavior, not your, not your Sunday morning behavior, but your everyday behavior. I don't want to know how consistent you are for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. Okay, that's easy. How are you doing on Monday? How are you doing on Tuesday? How are you doing on social media? Anybody mad at me yet? <laughs> but I want, you, I want to remind you of the context, though, before we, before we go any further, because he says, he says two, in two different translations, he, he says, he says um, so watch carefully, and then another one he says, watch carefully then how you walk. And those words seem insignificant, but they're actually really important because so and then they're, they're what we would call connecting words connecting words. So in the then, they are connected to the first two verses that we read, essentially. And so let's read it again, and and can we do it in the message, just because I like how beautiful and plain it is. But they're connected. There's a connection here that's happening. He says, watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. So keep company with him and learn a life of love. How? By observing how Christ loved us. See the word. Do you see it kind of connecting? I want you to watch carefully how you're walking. How? By observing how Christ loved us. By observing how he did it. Watch what God did and then you do it. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Pretty plain. He says his love was not cautious, but it was extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. So, love like that. Let's close in prayer. (laughs) Love like that, right? Because now, now that we've established the most, the most extensive, extraordinary, extravagant, expansive love that has ever been or ever will be, um, how are you doing on Monday? How are you doing on Tuesday? How are you doing on Wednesday? How are you doing on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and social media and conversations? with? How are you doing? How consistent is your walk? What's it like? What's your behavior like? Is it mean? Are you angry? Are you a bully? Are you, are you comparing? Are you, are you complaining and grumbling? Are you, are you lusting? Are you frustrated? Are you, are you just angry at people all the time? Are you, are you buying into things that shouldn't, you shouldn't be buying into? What is your behavior like? How consistent is it? Well, hang on. Remember, remember, it says, watch how God did it. Watch how God did it. So anytime the Bible says, watch God or, or watch how he did it, it is, it is, it's telling us to, to, to look to the person of Jesus. Okay, so, so, so watch how, how, how God did it. Watch how, how God loved. Watch how, how Jesus lived. Watch, how, watch the sacrifice of Jesus and the love of Jesus and, and the life of Jesus. So now, like in light of that, in light of that, live like Jesus, act like Jesus, talk like Jesus. How are you doing? That's what Paul wants to know today. That's what Paul wants to know. Like this is not, by the way, the moment where you go, I'm nailing it. <laughs> High five, right? No, you definitely aren't nailing it, okay? Like, that, that, that's called pride, right? So, so for, like, the rest of us, though, the, the rest of us who, who didn't 
eat manna for breakfast and float in here on a cloud. The rest of us, these are moments, these are important moments. These are humbling moments, which is not a bad thing, by the way. We should embrace humbling moments, shouldn't we? Where we actually stop and we go, oh, it's not good. It's not going well. It's, 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 it's not good. It, it's okay. We got help. I got help coming your way today, okay? Cool? So if you're, if you're here and you're like, yeah, I'm not... I'm not, I'm not really nailing it. I'm not doing so good, like in light of like does everything for us, doesn't expect anything in return. He just, he just loves us and it's, it's extravagant. It's unconditional. He just, he, he's always there for me. He just loves me. Like, how am I doing? Uh, not good. Not good. Okay, no problem. This is what Paul, he, he says. And we're going to just work our way through the text today. Is that okay with you? I'm going to do it anyways. He says this. He says, now, wisdom is essential, Okay. Wisdom is going to be essential. He says, if you're going to do this, if you're going to live like Jesus and look like Jesus, um, I want you to walk wise and not unwise. All right? I want you to walk wise and not unwise. Well, what is wisdom? Well, he's going to explain in verse 16. In verse 16, he says this, wisdom is making the best use of your time. Why? Because the days are evil. So listen, check this out. He, he associates wisdom in time. He's associating wisdom with a realization of how expensive and essential time is. So so, so he's associating wisdom and time, which is to say those who are wise understand that the commodity of time is the most expensive, most important, most precious thing that we have. Time. Time is so beautiful, isn't it? Time is so precious. So the question is, are you utilizing your time or, 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 or are you wasting your time? Are you negligent with your time or are you realizing that, that time is short, life is passing, this, you only got one shot at this thing called life, right? I mean, anybody else like from like December 2019 to, to, to September 2021 felt like three months? What? We were just recently on a, on a, on a vacation celebrating eight years of marriage, by the way. I love you. You're pretty. Went to Florida, okay, and the time jumped three hours. And I'm not kidding you, every day felt like four hours. We wake up, and we were up at like early. We would get coffee, we would do our thing, and it was awesome. And then all of a sudden it was 5 p.m. I'm like, what is going on, right? Time is just, it, it's, it's going by. It, it's, it's such a true, young people, it's so true. The older you get, the quicker the day is. I don't know about your experience, but like the older I've gotten, I'm 29, by the way, I'm almost 30. I'm getting old. And, and I know, I know. I just calm down, calm down. <laughs> like, like <laughs> the, the days are just going by. I mean, have you seen the memes? Have you seen the memes where it's like, um, it, the guy has got his eyes open and it says December, 2019. And then he blinks and he opens them and it's September, 2021. Right? Like it's so, it's, it's an over-exaggeration, but it's true. What does the Bible say? It says that life is, is but a vapor. It's here today, and it's gone tomorrow. It's like like that. It's here today, and it's gone tomorrow. I mean, Jesus even lived with the realization that his moments and his days were limited. Can you imagine going from from eternity and then stepping into time and space? That'll give you some perspective, right? Like eternity, where like the time, it's like a a day is like a thousand years, right? And a thousand years is like a day, and then he steps into, and then it's like, oh, we only got, you know, 24 hours a day. That'll give you some perspective. So the reality is, is, is our time here is going to come to a close. And for some of us, it's sooner than we think. You say, Stephen, I'm going to live till I'm 200. Well, that's exactly sooner than you think. Our time here is going to come to an end. And the question is, are you utilizing your time? Are you, are you making the most of your time? Are you realizing that life is short and time is passing? Time is short. It's going by. 
So we got to be wise. How? We got we to gotta make the most, most of our time. Make the most of our time because the days are evil. So can you explain what it means to like make the most of my time, Stephen? I don't really understand because that's kind of like a broad sweeping statement. Like that could mean a lot of things for a lot of other people. Well, I'm so glad you asked because Paul's going to, uh, he's going to explain it for us in verse 17. This is what we're going to do. We're just one explanation after another. Okay, cool. Okay. This is what we're going to do. So verse 17, how do I make the most of my time? He says, therefore, don't be foolish. Therefore, don't be foolish. How do I live like Jesus? Well, it says to be wise. Well, how do I be wise? I need to maximize my time. Well, how do I maximize my time? You're not foolish. What does he say? You understand what the will of the Lord is. What does that mean? It means that you don't live thoughtlessly. You don't act thoughtlessly. You don't approach every day thoughtlessly. You actually take a moment to stop and think. And what do you stop and think about? You think about what is God doing in the earth again? What is he doing? See, see, it's so important we know the will of the Lord here is not so much that God wants me to be a police officer or a teacher or, or a designer or an architect or a photographer or a, a pastor or a politician or an athlete. That's not really what Paul is talking about. He, he, he's talking about the fact that God is, actually has a bigger plan here and it is much bigger than my circumstance. So what is God doing in the earth again? Oh, that's right. He's saving humanity. <laughs> He's ushering in a new relationship based on the sacrifice of Jesus. And so, so, so Paul, he's not talking about the specific will of your life. No, he's actually talking about God's eternal will and God's eternal plan in the earth. And what is he doing? What did he come to do? Oh, he came to save people, not condemn people. He came to bring redemption and not behavior modification. He came for a heart takeover, not a political takeover. He came to be the friend of sinners. He came to sit and eat with people that we would not sit and eat with. He came to give us a new way to relate to God. He came and he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He came and he laid his life down so that by just believing in him and trusting in him, we could step into the life of Jesus and receive his righteousness. And just by faith, we would spend eternity in heaven with him when this short life goes away. So what is he doing? He's got a big plan here, and it's a lot bigger than, 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 than my life. It's a lot bigger than my circumstance. It's bigger than a math test. It's bigger than a football game. It's bigger than a relationship meltdown. It's bigger than, 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 than sickness and disease and loss. God is actually in control, and he actually is working things out. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying today? God is in control. And whether you see it or not, whether you feel it or not, whether you sense it or not, whether your experience is darkness and, and evil and bad and all you see, God is still working. When you're walking in pain and you're walking in, under, in, in, in not understanding and you're confused about life and what is going on, God is still working. We get into this place and, and the preacher yells into a microphone and you're like, ah, oh, it's really loud. And you're like, oh, and he's talking about how good God is and how faithful God is and how loving God is and how merciful God is and how graceful God is. And that is not your experience. Guess what? It's still true. <laughs> it's still true. And whether we see it or not, God is working and his plan is much bigger than my circumstance. It's much bigger than anything I'm going through. So we have to actually have to do that. We got to stop and say, whoa, 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 Wait. Am I making the most of my time? Like, am I living like Jesus? Okay, I'm not. I need wisdom. Okay, I need wisdom. What's wisdom is make the most of my time. Well, how do I make the most of my time? I stop and I think and I ask myself, what is God doing in the earth? Oh, that's right. It's so much bigger than me. It's so much bigger than my opinions. 
It's so much bigger than what I think our country should be doing. It's so much bigger than this and that. I'm sorry if I'm stepping into your living room, as Jacob said on Wednesday, stepping into your living room. I like it. I'm sorry if I'm coming down your alley tonight, but this is just what Paul is telling us. And God and his plan and his sovereignty is a lot bigger than our perspective. It's bigger. And so, do I look like Jesus? Considering his love and, and, and what he did, no, no, I don't. So I need wisdom, okay? I need to make the most of my time. I need to stop. I need to ask God. I need to, the Holy Spirit to inspire me and help me understand and remember what God is doing in the earth, right? But what do I do? What do I do next? I, I need to not be foolish and negligent. And before you know it, you start progressing. Like, you start actually making progress. This is how Paul is called. This is a, a walk that is, is consistent, it's a walk that, that he's called, that God has placed on our lives that we are to live. And then Paul, he jumps to verse 18, and this comes out of nowhere. He's like, oh, and while we're here, quit drinking so much alcohol. What? Where did that, I thought we were, what? Love like Jesus, am I wise, making the most of my time, like God's grand plan, like God's redemption, rescue mission, like, like am I negligent of my time? Like, like what, don't say, stop drinking alcohol. Stop drinking so much alcohol. Like, Paul, like, are you drinking too much wine? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Last time I checked, you're, you're not even here, Paul. This is just a letter. How do you know? Huh? I mean, Paul, he's getting really comfortable, right? He's, he's like, by the way, while I'm writing to you, somebody tell Judy and Glenn to stop drinking so much wine. All right. If your name is Judy or Glenn, I apologize. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people who lived 2,000 years ago. <laughs> Obviously, it's, it's not on accident, right? Paul actually, is, he, he, he's, he's saying something here. And I've taught this before, and I love this so much. Um, but he, he, says, he, says, he says, don't be drunk with wine, which is debauchery, right? Which means it's going to lead to really, really bad decisions that you're going to regret in the morning. Um, he says, instead, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, it's really important that you understand this. Theologically speaking, if you have received the free gift of salvation, if you are following Jesus, can I tell you, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. Bible lets us know in Galatians 3. It says, did you not receive the Spirit when you believed? I mean, there's, it's all over the Bible. We, you, when you put your faith in Jesus and you receive his salvation, you also are marked by his Holy Spirit. You're, you are a new creation and you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So it's really important we understand what's not being talked about here. This is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? This is not what's being talked about here. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is awesome and it's beautiful, and I'll even go on record to say it's necessary for your life, okay? And if you don't know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, um, don't worry, because after service, um, you can line up one by one in front of Pastor Joel, and he will explain it to you, okay? No, 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 no. please don't do that, okay? <laughs> don't do that, please, okay? If you could just get in a group, um, and he'll explain it to everybody at once, okay? <laughs> cool. <laughs> it, it's, 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 but it's not what he's talking about, right? It, it, the idea here is, is this idea of being filled continually, okay? It, it's being filled every single day. 
Don't be drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. It's this idea of being continually filled with His Spirit. Did you know you can get continually filled with the Holy Spirit every single day? Did you know God wants to actually meet with you in the morning, and He wants to speak to you, and He wants to tell you who you are, and He wants to remind you who you are, and He wants to tell you that you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, and He wants to tell you that greater is He who's in you than He who's in the world, so no matter what you're going to go face that day, you can face it because you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and He wants to remind you who you are. You're a child of God. You're righteous. You're pure. You're clean. You are whole because of the sacrifice of Jesus. I feel like I'm preaching today. I just, I just came to tell somebody today that you're already clean. You're already pure. You're already righteous because of you put your faith in Jesus. That's the good news of the gospel, friend. Listen, it's not good news, friend, if it's like, okay, okay, you believe in Jesus now? Well, that's great. Well, now work really hard. That's not good news. That's every other belief system in the world. Our belief system is different. This is, I don't even know, this is not in my notes, but I just feel like God is on it. And listen, our belief system is different. You put your faith in Jesus, and now you have the identity of Jesus. That's who you are. Where did that come from? I don't know, but I felt like I was supposed to say it. Where are we? Oh my gosh. That's right. Okay. Filled with the Spirit continually. Every single day, you be filled with the Spirit, okay? So, Paul is doing, this, this is what he's doing here. This is what he's saying. He's, he's, put, he's making a contrast between being drunk with wine and being filled with the Spirit, okay? He's, he's, he's making a contrast. So, you got to understand, and I've t- again, I've taught this before, but it's so cool. It's so cool. Wine in Paul's day was a lot different than wine today, okay? Wine in Paul's day was really weak. So, to get drunk in, in, in Paul's day, you had to drink a lot and you had to drink for hours and you had to drink with intentionality. The intentions, I am drinking, I, I'm sorry, I know this is church, okay, but just, this is what the Bible says, okay? But I am drinking to get drunk. That is why I'm here at this bar with this beverage in my hand because that, that's what you had to do. You The wine, okay, I got to drink a lot of it because it's weak and it's going to take a while to get drunk. And so you had to actually have the intention of getting drunk. So how are we filled with the Spirit? Well, Paul's making a contrast here. You actually have to get intentional, and you actually have to go out of your way, and you actually have to make it a priority. I'm here in the morning with my Bible and his presence so I can get filled with his spirit. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. It's intentionality. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to have to go out of my way. Can I just say something everybody already knows? We live in the most distracted time we've ever lived in. 2021, we are so distracted. Can we just be honest? Phones and technology and movies and sports and, and, and video games. And, and don't even get me started on kids and school and work. And, and oh my gosh, I wonder how my post is doing. Did I get likes? Oh, I got 10 likes. Whoa, I got 15 likes. I got a new follower. This is awesome. This is amazing. I'm so... We're so... Distracted, and I feel like this is very prophetic today and very relevant, not just for our church, but for America. <laughs> we need to actually get intentional and actually make time and prioritize relationship with Jesus so that through that, he fills us with his spirit every day. And you might not feel the goosebumps every time. You might not get slain in the spirit every time. That's okay. You get his word. And guess what? When you get reminded of who you are in Jesus, what's happening is you're being filled with his spirit. When you stand on his truth... And you say, this is why I got lies up here. I got lies in front of me, but I'm going to attack it with the truth. I'm going to attack it with the sword of the spirit. That process is filling you with his spirit every day, every day. And so you got to be intentional about it. I mean, Paul, it's really practical, isn't it? Paul, he, he said, does your life look a lot like Jesus? 
It doesn't. Okay, well, you need wisdom. Wisdom, why? So that you're not foolish and so you make the most of your time. And how do you make the most of your time? Well, you got to stop and you got to ask the big question, what is God doing in the earth? What is God's mission towards humanity? Oh, that's right. He's rescuing humanity. Okay, he's saving humanity. Remember the big picture? Now in life, you're going to have beverages. Don't drink alcoholic ones too much. Okay, you're going to get drunk. But instead, and, and somebody's going to take a video of you because you're dancing silly and they're going to post it on TikTok and it's not going to be fun for anybody except the person who posted it because they're going to get a million views and it's going to be awesome. Uh, but don't do that. Don't do that. What he's saying? instead be filled with the spirit what paul is really trying to say it's a setup it's a setup he's saying be filled with the spirit it's a setup friends that you that, that, listen he knew he knew his audience he knew that he was talking to people ancient ephesians who who knew how to get drunk who, who had gotten drunk plenty of times hopefully not since they decided to follow jesus but definitely before they decided to follow Jesus, they'd gotten drunk. So he's using this, this, this practical picture. Listen, why do I say that? Why is it important? Because we have made this portion of scripture about alcohol and it has nothing to do with alcohol. It has everything to do with being filled with the spirit. Got to move on. I got to move on. You guys doing okay? All right. All right. So Stephen, how can I get more intentional? Can I answer, can I answer that for you? How can we get more intentional about being filled with the Spirit? Obviously, there's Bible and prayer and, and worship at home and, and go, go in your prayer closet. Jesus talks about it in Matthew 6, and you should absolutely do that. But can I tell you how to get more intentional? One person? Everybody can leave. Just the one person can stay here. <clears throat> We're going to have a conversation. Okay. I'm going to tell everybody, even though you didn't want it. Okay, this is what he says. How, how can I get more intentional? He goes on and he says in verse 19, he says this, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Did you see that? Did you see it? Addressing one another. Addressing one another. What, is, what does it mean? Listen, listen, this is so important for us because we, we, we live in this individualized, independent culture, don't we? And if we are not careful, we're going to make Christianity, we're going to individualize Christianity. In fact, I'll be so bold to say we have already individualized Christianity, but friend, Christianity was never meant to be individualized. It was never meant to be independent. It was always a co-op. It was always a group effort. It's always been designed for community. Friend, what you're doing here today is what they did 2,000 years ago. What you're doing here today is what God has actually called us to do. Do not forsake the gathering, but actually get together and have community. Why? So you can address one another. Address one another how? In, 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 in quarrels, in opinions, in, 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 in difference of opinions, and, and oh, you, 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 you see it that way and I see it this way? Okay, well, we're both saved, but, but I don't want anything to do with you. No, that is not what he says. In fact, I could go on and on and on about not quarreling and not fighting and actually... In, in, in a, in Ephesians 4, when Paul's talking about walking worthy of the call that's been placed on your life, he, he goes on and he says patience and humility and, and gentleness and, and love one another. But he, and then he says, he says, make every effort to stay in unity in the spirit. That who you voted for is not more important than our God. That, that your views on abortion or, or masks or, I'm sorry if I'm saying the, the, the words, I'm sorry, YouTube, but like, like, it's not more important than God and his mission. And what he came to do, that there's people who think that he, that he hates them. There's people who think that, oh, oh, I've heard about that God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've been on Facebook, I've heard about that God. Because I believe this, I'm going to hell. And because I say this, oh, he doesn't want anything to do with me. Friends, no. Church, house of the Lord, no. 
our God, He came for everybody. He came for everybody. This gospel is for everybody. For He who knew no sin, He became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God, that God sent His one and only Son. Who? For who? For everybody. We gotta change our language. We gotta change how we do things. We're all believing for a, for a great revival. Can I tell you, revival's not going to come from fighting, quarreling. It's going to come for a, a hunger for His presence. It's going to come when we start to address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing to make the melody of the Lord with your heart. What is He saying? He's saying, I want you to get together and I want you to sing. And when you sing, I want you to sing to God. But I want you to understand, while you're singing to God, everybody around you is going to benefit. And as you sing uh, uh, psalms and hymns and and spiritual songs that have been passed down through the generations, your faith is going to grow. Your faith is going to (laughs) grow. He says, he says, sing, address one another like that and make melody to the Lord in your heart. I don't have time, but I don't have time because our time's up. But what Paul is saying here is, you know, those drinking parties and those godless feasts where they get together and they get drunk and they sing those stupid, ridiculous songs about boots with fur. Okay. Like, I don't know. I couldn't think of a better one. It's just what came to me. Boots with fur. They sing these stupid, ridiculous songs. Paul is saying, I am not promoting that. I am not promoting that when you get together that you sing mindless beats and empty lyrics. I'm promoting that when you gather, when you get together, you engage the seriousness of your heart. You engage your emotions and you engage your thoughts and you engage your soul and you sing to God. And as you sing to God together, you will be filled with the spirit of Jesus. Ah, it's so good. So address one another. So listen, when we get together, you got to understand this. We are not just singing to God. We are, in theory, singing to each other. Because when I sing about God's love for me, I'm singing about his love for you. When I sing about how God is setting me free, I'm singing about how he's setting you free. When I'm singing about a breakthrough that I'm believing in my life, I'm singing about a breakthrough you're believing in your life. When I sing about a miracle I'm believing for me and my family, I'm singing about a miracle you're believing for you and your family. Why? Because we're in this together. This isn't a country club. This isn't just some random gathering. This is not just some social gathering or or a concert with a TED talk. No, this is a moment. This is a moment where we get together. Why? Because we're family. We're the church. We're the church. It's so beautiful because when I hear you sing, whether or not you can hold a note, it it inspires me to sing. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever been in those gatherings where nobody's worshiping and you're like, this is rough. And it takes a little bit of extra boldness to be like, okay, I'm going to be the one. Right? But have you ever been in those gatherings where like everybody's hungry for the presence of God and everybody's singing loud and everybody's lifting their hands? You're like, yeah, woo, let's go, Jesus. So good, Lord. Yeah. And you just start singing. You just start making melody in your heart. This is what he's saying. I said this a thousand times, I'll say it again. When we gather here, we are not singing karaoke. This is not karaoke, friend. We are getting together and singing so that we can be filled with the Spirit of Jesus. God, He He becomes so real. I'm telling you, can I tell you, friend, God is so real. God is as real as I am right now. Do you see me? Do you see me? I'm asking you for real. Do you see me? Have you ever for once questioned my existence? When you lay eyes on me, you say, he's cool. I don't know. I, 
I don't know. I just like to encourage myself sometimes. <laughs> um, thanks, Pastor. Um, but right, can I tell you, Jesus is as real as me. He's not an idea. He's not a principle. He's not a belief system. He's a person. And he's coming again. And while, he, while, he, while we're waiting for him to come, what should we do? We should live wise, not unwise. We, we, we should make the most of our time. We should, we, we, we should uh, not be foolish and negligent of our time, but rather we should stop and we should think, what is God doing in the earth? Oh, that's right. He's saving humanity. He, he, he's on a redemption and a rescue mission, which is continuing through you and me. And, and we should get together and we should sing. And I think it's so beautiful because in there is not just singing, but it's actually also talking and encouraging and talking about Jesus and t- telling your testimony and just getting together and being like, hey, this is what God is doing in my life. And what is God doing in your life? That's so, oh, you're believing for that? Dude, dude, seven years ago, God did this for me. I believe he can do it for you. Oh, last week, God came through for, I believe he can come through. Let me pray for you. And we start just talking about Jesus and we start talking about his righteousness and we start talking about his love and his goodness and his faithfulness and how good he is and how much he loves us and, and mostly what God does is love us. And so so we're just so thankful, right? And, and we get together and all of a sudden we start getting filled with the spirit of Jesus. And can I tell you, friend, this doesn't just take place on Sunday morning. This should take place throughout the week. Remember, because this is not Sunday morning behavior. It's everyday behavior. So if your heart is burning within you right now, Frank, can I encourage you? Get into a house group. Get into a small group. Get into a relationship with a group of people. I don't know. Get coffee with friends. Go on walks with friends. Play football with friends. Watch football with friends. But don't forget to talk about Jesus. And I don't know. Uh, do a phone call. Do a FaceTime. Do a text groups where you send encouraging messages and, and prayer and all of that stuff. But we got to get together and we got to realize that my Christianity is not about me and your Christianity is not about you. But rather, this is a family. We're in this together. We're in this together. And I got, I am so out of time. Actually, I got a minute. I got a minute. He goes on and he says, give thanks always and for everything. It's okay. It's only 1020. You're fine. It's okay. He said, give thanks always and for everything. How do you live filled with the Spirit? Get together and you sing and all that stuff. But he says, get together and I want you to thank God all the time and for everything. Because when God is real to you, and God is available to you, when you realize he is available to you, friend, when you know who you are and whose you are, oh, everything changes. Your heart changes. Your mind changes. Your language changes. Your behavior changes. See, this is why when I preach, I am not concerned with talking about all your shortcomings and your weaknesses and your sins and saying, hey, do a better job because God said to do this and Paul said to do that. No, no, no. That's a waste of time, friend. Why? There's no power in that. There's power in Jesus. There's power in fixing my gaze on him. There's power in when he becomes real to me. There's power when I realize he's so available to me. There's power when I realize I'm his son and he's my dad. There's power in that, friend. And when you start actually having that relationship, it might take some time, but everything will change. Your heart, your mind, your language, your behavior, your attitude, your perspective, it all changes. It all changes. And I've heard it said this way. I've heard it said this way. The complaining is the art of ignoring God. In other words, when we complain, we refuse to put our eyes on Jesus. That's not who we are. That's not who we are, is it? No, 
we're thankful. We're grateful in all things, in everything. We are thankful. And we realize that God is good and God is faithful and God is in control and God is sovereign and Jesus is king and Jesus is Lord. And he sits in heaven on his throne and the earth is his footstool. And all who oppose him, guess what? He laughs at them. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I step back and I'm like, whoa, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. That, that God, that Jesus, he, he loves me? Wait, wait, he's protecting me? He, he's blessing me? I'm in favor with him? I have right standing with him? The God of the universe? The one who sits and reclines in heaven? And anybody that tries to go against what he's doing, he just kind of chuckles at? Him? Yes! You have right standing with the God of the universe. You have right standing with Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when he comes back, listen, friend, on the day he comes back, you can have confidence because what he's going to come back for is not based on what you did. It's based on what he did on the cross and in the grave. And when he rose from the dead and he said, I came to do it for you because you were not able to do it for yourself. So you can have confidence on the day of judgment, friends, because he came for you. He came for me. I love, I love gratitude so much because, listen to me, thanking God, thanking him, it blesses God, but simultaneously fills you with Jesus. And when we get thankful, oh, you feel it? You feel it? I'm just so thankful. I'm thankful I'm alive. I'm thankful for another day. I'm thankful for a uh, sunrise. I was thankful for the fog this morning. I haven't seen the fog in a while. I was thankful for the rain. Oh, I'm thankful for the rain, Lord. I was thankful for breath in my lungs. I'm thankful for, 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 for an opportunity to be used by him. I'm thankful for, for, for my home and, and, and my wife and her love. I'm thankful for my friends. And I'm thankful for God's word I can stand on and I can fight the enemy and his lies and the evilness in this world. And I'm thankful for, for, for did I say my dogs? Because I got a new puppy and she is a nightmare. And, and I'm just, I'm thankful for her though. I'm thankful. And it's... Please pray for us. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so dramatic, Stephen. Calm down. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm thankful for my house and my cars and, and, I'm, and all the first world stuff, fine. But I'm also, I'm just, I'm thankful for his love. I'm thankful for his grace. His love that I didn't deserve and I don't deserve and I never will deserve. And his grace that empowers me to, to, to carry on his work. And I'm thankful for his mercy. <laughs> that I'm still here because of his mercy. I don't belong here. I don't belong on this stage. I don't belong, but his mercy. But God is so rich in mercy. God is so rich in grace. And he did it for me. And he's doing it for me. Shouldn't we be the most thankful people on the planet? Can I tell you, when gratitude will actually lead your life, it's when Jesus becomes real to you. When complaining leads your life, I know that's a bold statement, but when complaining is the constant and it leads your life, it is not, Jesus is not real to you. When Jesus becomes real to you and you realize what's available to you and you realize your inheritance and you realize who you are and whose you are, oh friend, gratitude will lead your life. I'm not saying you'll never complain. I'm not saying you'll never be negative. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying overall, gratitude will lead your life. And, and he goes on, Paul goes on and he talks about submitting to one another. He actually uses this word yield. Um, and it's so beautiful. I don't have time. I'm, I'm going to pray in like uh, 45 seconds. Okay. 47 seconds. Give me two more. Um, he, says, he says, I want you to yield to one another. 
I, I want you to stop elbowing your way to the front of the line. I want you to stop trying to be the one in the spotlight. I want you to stop trying to, to be the one who gets all the attention. In fact, what I want you to do is I want you to step back and let other people get into the spotlight. I want you to step back and let other people have opportunities. You are not the most important person in the room. Your neighbor is the most important person in the room. Jesus is the most important person in the room. And he'll go in to, to, to use this, this, this phrase, yield to one another, and he'll talk about marriage. And I'm, I'm not going to talk about that today. Don't worry. But it's good. It's good. It's good. It's so good, isn't it? such a beautiful practical process I thought you had to go home and get in your prayer closet all day and you had to you know fast and memorize the book of Proverbs but that's that's not what Paul says says, I just want you to be wise and make the most of your time and realize what God's doing in the earth and I want you to get together and I want you to sing and I want you to dress one another and I want you to be thankful for all things and everything and I want you to yield to each other that's what I want you to do that's what the church should look like that's what we should look like. If you ever ask the question, what is the point of church? I just don't get it. Like we get together and it just feels like redundant. It feels, it feels repetitive. Uh, this is the purpose of the church. So that when we leave here, we go into a dark world filled with the light. So that when we leave here, we go where all the, all, all the, all the darkness and the evil is, but we're filled with the spirit. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're filled with Jesus. And I pray Jesus is that real to us. I do. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we thank you. And God, we just recognize you're here. I, uh, no doubt, God, we, we all are on the same page in this room. I thank you, Jesus. What you've done this morning is you've leveled the playing field. God, I thank you that, that, that every person in here is so precious to you, so important to you. God, you sent your one and only son for us. And I, I thank you so much for Paul's writings. And we just get a glimpse into what it looks like to be a Jesus follower, to follow you every day. God, what should we do? What should we look like? I thank you, Jesus, that it's your grace that empowers us. God, it's your Holy Spirit that reminds us. It causes us to look like you and love like you and walk like you and talk like you. And it's a process and we'll probably never actually make it there until we get to heaven. But it, we're going to get closer and closer and closer. And God, I just thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for every person watching online, Jesus, that God, God, you are calling them, God, that they, 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 they are fearfully and wonderfully made. What does that mean? It means, I just feel like God, the Holy Spirit wants to say this over some people today. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that God made you in fear. No, it means that God made you in awe. And when he made you, he stood back and he was in awe of his creation. And I just thank you, Jesus, that that is what you are delivering today. Love for your people. God, your love is so extravagant. God, you, 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 didn't, you didn't love us to get anything from us. God, you loved us so that you could give everything of yourself to us. And we receive that today. God, I thank you that we don't have to feel like we can't receive that because it's too good. I just, I just pray that that would go away in Jesus' name. Just something that doesn't allow us to receive the fullness of Jesus. Because oh, it's just too good to be true. I'm not good enough. It's not about us being good enough, God. It's just about your love. So Jesus, I pray in this next season that this is the church we would look like. God, that we would get together. Oh man, we would make the most use of our time. We would remember what you're doing in the earth. God, we would make it a priority and be intentional about being filled with your spirit. God, we would get together and we would dress one another in songs, in conversations. We'd make music to you in our heart, Lord. We would would give thanks always and for everything. I wanna pray for one person in the room and then we're gonna dismiss 
but you're here and you've never surrendered your life to this Jesus, the Bible says that you can make that decision in a moment. You can, and it's called the free gift of salvation. It's absolutely free, friend. Everything I said today is absolutely true. It's based on the Bible. It's biblical knowledge that there is nothing you could do to earn God's love. There's nothing you could do to earn his forgiveness. There's nothing you could do to earn his righteousness. All you can do is receive it. And, and that happens in a moment, friend. And, and, and when you pass from time and space into eternal place, you'll spend eternity in heaven with him. And I want to make sure that we give the opportunity. Anybody in the room who never made a decision to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, would you just lift your hand so I could pray for you? Lift your hand so I could pray for you. I see your hand. That's awesome. That's awesome. I see it. I see it. I see it. Come on. It's so good. Anybody else? Today is your day. Today is your day. Come on. Thank you so much, Jesus. Come on. Can we give Jesus a shout of praise? Angels in heaven are rejoicing. 